Welcome to episode 177 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Hello, listeners. For the podcast this week, we're going to discuss my new sci-fi horror novel for kids, uh, which was published by Scholastic, and uh, I wrote in conjunction with Matthew Holm. And the name of this book is Marvin and the Moths, and it incorporates a number of emerging technologies into the uh, uh, sort of the science fiction portion of it. It's it's also a bit of a, a comedic novel, so th there's that element to it as well. Uh, Dirk, you've seen me, you know, go through the process of creating this book over the over the past, oh, I don't know, it, it, it took 12 years to do, so <laughs> I'm sure one of your questions is why spend 12 years on a project, but what, what are other uh, questions that, that you may have uh, uh, had during the book creation process? Yeah, well, first, I mean, I think it's I think it's a remarkable achievement. Congratulations. I mean, you're now a, a science fiction author in addition to being a, an emerging tech author and in addition to your your other accomplishments. So um, you're, you're very diverse in your creative activities. And uh, a lot of people try their whole lives to be a published author and uh, never get there. But you've managed to do that on top of all of your other stuff. So congratulations for that. And um, also, what um, what is it that draws you to these sort of diverse um, creative projects? So Dirk, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for that comment. You've borne witness to, you know, my many uh, creative in endeavors, whether whether they be design or or research or writing. So so I think you have a good perspective on the diversity of projects I take on. I I actually look at all of these uh, creative projects as being sort of one in the same in terms of, like, I mean, granted, the outputs are very different. So the emerging tech book that I did with O'Reilly is, is quite different from this book that, you know, I did with Matt uh, for Scholastic. But at its core, it's about... Uh, uh, creating, you know, sort of my reaction to uh, circumstances in the world, and and technology is really one of those uh, inputs that influences me in major ways. So, so you can see the um, the the technology as as input into the emerging technologies book. You know, it's it's sort of an obvious thing. You know, hey, how are we looking at the future? Where are we going? What's society going to be like? How do we design for this? How do we um, uh, influence uh, the future of humanity in a positive way? And in the Scholastic book, it, it's more about uh, looking at it from a personal side and and sort of the uh, the confusion that 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 comes along with, you know, in this case, the main character is in middle school and, you know, how he encounters the world and, and its changes and and the sort of weird things that 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 come out of uh, technology. So so I do view them uh, both of those projects and my other projects as well as being uh, my reaction to the world around me. Uh, and so from that perspective, it, it feels like very much the same kind of at least initial um, uh, 
initial foray, you know, it, it's sort of the it's sort of the same thing, and then and then the outputs, of course, um, are suitable for the medium. So, so the emerging technologies book is suitable for the professional audience, whereas the uh, scholastic book clearly is is geared more for the for the kids. Why did you pick young adult? Why did you go for a and it really is more young adult as opposed to to children. But why did you go for a children's audience as opposed to an adult audience in your first, um, you know, science fiction foray? Yeah. So I that's that's a great question, and, and I think part of it was uh, sort of the personal side of that that project is that it, I always found it very helpful when I was younger uh, to to get perspectives that were different from the mainstream and, and I'm not saying that this book is is wildly rebellious or or fundamentally different from all the other you know other different uh, messages that you might get um, uh, across a variety of books but but it does focus on some really geeky kids right so these kids are uh, scientifically minded they're they're interested in science they're interested in learning they're they're um, not accepted by their peers they're weirdos right mm -hmm. so so uh, you know from from my perspective I I Part of the message of the book is it's okay to be all of those things. It's okay to be a little different. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to love science. It's okay not to fit in at times, right, when when circumstances warrant it. So um, I, I thought that that audience, at least the middle school audience, I, I was well aware of, you know, sort of my own history there and, and just being this awkward uh, preteen and awkward teenager. So so I think that really informed part of, you know, my passion for for creating that story for that audience. Now you mentioned that you you worked on this with someone named Matthew Holm, and, but there's more than just a random name person, co-author, uh, attached to that for you. Tell us a little bit about your collaborator. Sure. So Matt's been uh, my best friend since middle school. Uh, so so that's probably another reason why that was that was uh, uh, part of the setting for the novel. Mm -hmm. um, and and Matt's had a very successful career uh, as a writer and illustrator. He's most well known for uh, his uh, New York Times bestseller uh, "Sunny Side Up" that he wrote with his sister Jenny. Um, and, and then also he's, he's well known for the baby mouse series of graphic novels. So, so he's, uh, done close to 30 graphic novels and then a variety of other works. So somewhere between 30 and 40 books he's done in the past decade. Uh, in fact, I think this year he did seven books, including, uh, Marvin and the Moths, uh, with me. So he's highly prolific. We enjoy working together. We've been friends forever. Uh, you know, I'm pretty lucky to have a long-term friendship like that. And we, we enjoy creating together. We've been doing it, uh, for, you know, 30 years because, uh, as creative people, we enjoy, uh, projects that like that's that's how we entertained ourselves in middle school and high school and and uh, you know even today it's highly entertaining to get on the phone with him and work through an edit uh, for for uh, for something that we're writing because uh, ultimately the process is is a lot of fun which makes it seem a lot less like work and more like we're playing. 
That's that's really cool. And, you know, we talked a little earlier about the emerging tech. And one thing that you've sort of brought to this partnership is uh, your not just your knowledge in emerging tech, but sort of your access to bringing emerging tech to life. And you're doing something really cool with the characters in the Marvin and the Moss book. Talk a little bit about that. Right. Yeah. So so emerging technologies, of course, allow us to realize uh, characters in a lot of different ways. When I was a kid, I, I loved having action figures of, you know, the different heroes from comic books or movies or what have you. And, you know, 3D printing technology really enables the creation of, you know, physical objects on demand now. And, and we just didn't have that when, when I was growing up. I could imagine myself, you know, printing out a, any number of uh, characters uh, that I so enjoyed. Uh, so for Marvin and the Moths, we thought, how cool would it be if you could make these characters part of, you know, your world and, and part of your life uh, via 3D printing? So, so we designed a set of 3D models, which are all open source, so, so the kids can download these and they can, you know, alter them as they see fit, add, uh, you know, add uh, different props or clothes to the characters, whatever they want to do. And then they can print them out on uh, a variety of 3D printers. We print tested them with uh, a number of standard um, printers to, you know, make sure that even sort of the lower end uh, printing types could uh, gener generate a good replication of the model. Um, and the first model we released is uh, this this cantankerous, angry mutant moth named uh, Abraham, who's oh, who's, one, who's one of the main characters in, in the book and a, a friend of Marvin's. And uh, he's sort of a reluctantly uh, a friendly moth. You know, he, he's mostly surly on the outside, but when you get uh, uh, sort of... Uh, get into a relationship with Abraham, you know, he'll, he'll begrudgingly help you out uh, if you need it. He's also a uh, sort of a, a obsessed with, with baseball and uh, uh, during the Red Sox run uh, for their uh, World Series titles, uh, that was the period that we were, we were writing this. So we very much informed some of the characterizations, and Abraham just happens to be this, this baseball-obsessed mutant moth. So, so you can print out Abraham, and you can print out his baseball bat. Um, uh, and I won't won't give away the entire story, but he does use the baseball bat for something other than than baseball uh, when when backed oh, into, into a corner. So he's the no. first uh, the the first model, and then we've got uh, models of some of the other characters as well that we'll be periodically releasing. Uh, you know, the 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 next one will probably be around Halloween or early November, and then one also in December. Um, and 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 so we're going to space those out. But that that was an example of you know using these emerging technologies, uh, 3D printing in particular, to make the book world a little bit more uh, real for for the kids reading it. And of course, like any good designer, I totally stole that idea uh, uh, from from my uh, friend uh, colleague uh, Carla. Uh, Deanna, who who wrote a book called Leo the Maker Prince, and in her book it was actually 
the book was about 3D uh, 3D printing was was an element in it, and mm. uh, she sort of uh, was the first one that I know of who made her characters available as uh, as models that that kids could print. So I saw her doing that, and I said, uh, "We have to do that uh, for this Scholastic book." Well, it's it's really cool. It's not something that I was familiar with that had been done for books like this. I mean, obviously, the technology isn't sort of cutting edge anymore, but I, I wasn't aware that it was sort of um, being used in, in what I might call like a, a grander marketing program around around a novel. So for me, it was very novel that you um, that, that you, you did this and, and very cool. I mean, if, when I was a child, I certainly would have enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, seeing what the kids do with the model. Uh, we, uh, we, we did a launch tour last week uh, going around uh, different New England states and, you know, of course, telling the kids that they could get the, the Moth m uh, model available for free, uh, which is at our website, marvinandthemoths.com. And, and so I know for sure that some of the schools have uh, print, you know, 3D printing labs, maker spaces, uh, what have you. So, so I'm hopeful that you know, in in a couple of weeks, we'll start to see pictures of uh, you, you know the moths in in various schools or you know wherever the kids are printing them out. Um, so, so we've gotten positive feedback so far, and I, I really can't wait to see what sort of creative things uh, the kids uh, come up with. No, for sure. Me either. And, you know, one other thing, too, is when you were talking about your relationship with Matt, you mentioned um, in the present tense, the two of you working together. So obviously to have a novel published by Scholastic, this novel was done a long time ago. Uh, what what do you have uh, cooking in the hopper, buddy? Yeah. So so we're sort of at that phase where we're waiting to see how Marvin and the Moths does. If people like it, um, then, you know, I'm hopeful that that uh, the publisher will be interested in more Marvin stories. Of course, being the obsessive compulsive creatives that we are, we've already mapped out, um, you know, another uh, three books or so um, in the, in the series. I, I, I suppose it could be three books in total, but I, I think we have enough stuff for four, uh, if, if they were interested, uh, you know, should, should the novel not pick up, uh, traction right away or take a while to get there. We're also in the midst of constructing, uh, a couple of other, uh, science fiction type stories, which, uh, we, you know, which we, you know, we've got sort of the basic framework and, and world building happening. Um, and, you know, it, it remains to be seen. I, I, I think we're interested in, in writing for both the, um, uh, the middle grade kid lit uh, audience that we've we've done now, or you know, venturing upward into the uh, sort of the young adult um, novels, and of course, that would encompass uh, work like uh, you know, like the the Harry Potter books really sort of were more geared towards that audience. So, so, so I think the next science fiction book. Uh, that we do will 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 be for one of those two audiences, and and we're in the midst of world building for them. So, uh, n you know, not 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 quite there yet, but but uh, certainly coming along. Excellent. Well, anything else you want to share with your listeners about your your creative adventures here? Yeah. Well, it was a a twelve year uh, odyssey to to get this this first 
first uh, science fiction novel published with Scholastic. And, you know, honestly, even when we got the contract with Scholastic, it was still like 18 months before it came out. So apparently patience, tenacity, and just like never letting go of an idea are good things to have if, if you're interested in writing fiction and, you know, having it, it published. Um, you know, now that the time has passed, you know, this is all sort of current for me now. So, so it feels like, like we've, you know, created something and put it out in the world. But, uh, you know, up until, you know, just last week, it was still uh, something that we had uh, dreamed about, thought about, hmm. imagined, but, you know, it wasn't real. So, so to go along that long odyssey and, and, you know, the, the emerging tech book took like uh, 18 months, right? So that, that was a long period as well, but uh, it sort of pales in comparison to the, the 12 years for this one. So hopefully the next one will not take 12 years. <laughs> I'm sure that it won't. Well, congratulations again, John. Thanks a lot. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside the sh of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 177 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>